0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome and welcome back, Steve Rosen, Blue Matt Spiegel, with you. Saturday Suckage uh, for the next hour. Later this hour, we will do transition with Julie and Maggie. They will be officially on the air at 2 o'clock. They'll be here around 140, and we will talk with them. In the meantime, we I, I want you to know this. This will be near and dear to your heart. Number 72 yeah. turned 72. Saw that! On Boxing Day. My dude. Yep. One so of, he was your dude?
2: He was one of my dudes. Uh, I mean, that whole 1975 Six? to 78. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole... Really through 79, that batch of Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dwight Evans, Jim Rice. Dewey. We call him Dewey. Do you play the Dewey card? Uh, yeah. Freddie Lynn. Yeah. Um, Butch Hobson, the manager of your Chicago Dogs independent league team. That's true. Over there who played football for Bear Bryant. And then right. was was a third baseman for Don Zimmer and had bone chips in his elbow, but Zimmer kept throwing him out there, so he committed 35 errors at third base that year.
1: Eight. Some fine managing by that by uh, and the 1978 guy you, Zim
2: the guy you mentioned Carlton Fisk who uh, was a rookie rookie the year in seventy two I believe at number seventy two number
1: seventy two rookie of the year in seventy two mm-hmm. in, in and yep. he turned seventy two on Boxing Day mm-hmm. so the and was probably arguably the most important acquisition well for the longest time but I, I think he, most important White Sox acquisition in. You know the the certainly the the Reinsdorf chairmanship Reinsdorf Einhorn he gave them credibility hmm. I believe and certainly gave them gave them a leader gave them somebody who could tag out two players on the same play at home plate but but this comes from Dave Gallagher former White Sox player yeah played with Pudge and here's his he says, he tweeted out his favorite Fisk story. The fan walks onto our team bus and says, Carlton, will you sign? You're my favorite player. He says it three times before the driver escorts the fan off the bus. Once outside the the bus, the fan shouts at Fisk, I hope you break your leg. (laughs) You're my favorite player. There you go. You remember
2: remember what happened at the end of his White Sox career? It was
1: awful. It just, they couldn't, they were just so. It was so close. That was at a time where every. White Sox parting had to be ugly. It was like a rule. It always had to be ugly.
2: Yeah, and they they gave him a motorcycle, right? Remember they gave him a motorcycle him
1: to drive on out of here. <laughs> Tell your story, riding. Yeah,
2: within days. Hi,
1: your your it's career, Gene Lemay. Your career's over. Don't come to Cleveland with us. Uh-huh. It was just. That was awful. That's just a bad thing all the way around.
2: Yeah, but then, but then things are good with them now. Got a statue outside you outside the ballpark in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. He has been a team ambassador for a while now, so relationship is in a very good place with the White Sox these days. That's
1: good. I had I had very few conversations with him. One of them took place at at the uh, Lake Tahoe golf tournament, American Century tournament. Yeah, and it's like he didn't want to stop talking, and I had not really. Had a t- conversation with him. I feared it because pe- some people had said he can be a tough guy to get through. And I've I've dealt with tough interviews before. Some people just want you to prove your credibility. Hmm. They don't. They don't openly. They're not going to keep talking, no matter who you are, and think you're worthwhile. And and I learned that after how my first beat was the Angels, the California Angels was my first beat, hmm. and that was a team that included. Rod Carew, Doug DeCensus, John Candelaria—tough guys. Toughest of all was Reggie Jackson, <laughs> and Reggie was approaching 500 home runs.
2: Sure, Rupert Jones on that team?
1: No, I don't yeah. remember Rupert. Tommy okay. John was—he was okay. Patrick Manley's father-in-law was yep. was the hero on that team, but these guys could be really difficult. And he's approaching 500 home runs. You got to write this story. <laughs> so, I, on a Thursday before they go on the road, Reggie, can I you got a minute here? No. What do you want to talk about? Your home runs. No. Okay. Friday. Come back and do the same thing. Reggie, hi. I'm Steve Rosenbaum, LA Daily News. Um, got a minute? Can we talk a little bit? What? But About your home runs. You're approaching 500. No. I do the same thing on Saturday. Sunday's my last shot because I was not going on this road trip. Mm-hmm. I was, I think, about to, it was time off to be married. So this is that about the time you did that. And my last shot was... So I walk up, introduce myself again, and he's and I said, what do you want to talk about? I said, your home runs, you're approaching 500. All right, man, talk. And I said, okay. In your first year, first full year when you hit 23, you hit nine of them, three each, off three Cy Young Award winners, McLean and Palmer, and and he stops and looks at me and goes, yeah, man, yeah. I said, well, so what was it? I mean, did what give you confidence? You prove you could play in it? He wouldn't stop talking for 40 minutes. I had proven that I did did my homework. You work. did a
2: little research. Right.
1: And I went through every one of his home runs and saw off who and why and where it was. And And we, we talked for 40 minutes. I said, I know you got batting practice. He goes, yeah, I got to go out to hit. You want to come on out? We'll continue this conversation. It's unbelievable. So I worried about that with Fisk, and he wouldn't stop talking. It was great because this is, you know, it's certainly a legendary moment, right? And And... and had done other things along the way that meant huge things in two different cities, two different baseball cities. And it was great. And then I would later interview Ben Affleck and he said, they put that in Goodwill hunting. He said, we were going to put our youth in that movie. Once we had the chance to put our youth in that movie, that was the biggest (laughs) moment of our youth. That's great. How how would you like to be in that position of power? Authority to say, yeah, we're we're putting the home run in there. Okay? Yeah, it's our that's, movie.
2: That's beautiful. I love that. That's so, uh, yeah. That, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, that 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 Fisk home run is huge in the history of sports television as well. Yes, because it was a, a reaction shot. They stuck with the ball player, and you saw him waving the ball fair, and saw his face as he went up and down the line, and that was. The first time that they really did that. And if
1: I was going to say, if you see, if you watch that and you're of this generation, I'm loath to use the term millennials, but if you're a recent watch TV watching generation, you watch the way Fox has 8,000 cameras out there now, you think, well, of course they did.
2: Right. But this
1: was 1975.
2: They didn't. No, they did they not. They did. Well, and you know the story behind that. There's that the legendary story the cameraman was inside the green monster. Um, out there in left field, and there was a rat. There was a rat that ran in front of him, um, and the place was loaded with rats, that scoreboard. And you can Google this. It's out there. And because of the rat, he didn't move the camera to his other position that he was supposed to be in because the rat freaked him out. So he just made an, an, an at-the-moment decision, I'll just stick with the player because I can't, I can't maneuver the camera because the rats are over there. So he stuck with the player, and the director took that shot
1: and there you go, and that and history. Yep, the, the, the greatest mistake, the biggest rat. In... G- good
2: job, Rat. <laughs> there
1: you go. It yeah. gave it gave us that. But you would expect now everybody's faces. Every you got everything covered, <laughs> right? But <laughs> yeah. back then, that was that was that was a thing. That, was, that moment was, in a sense, called by Johnny Bench in a, an interview I did with him. I asked, okay, you know, for all the whatever the big red machine did, uh-huh. I mean that was legendary, and he said, oh yeah, I knew it was going to be over. I knew he was going to do that. And I said, no, no, really. He goes, yeah. I went out to warm up Pat Darcy in the 12th inning. And he threw two pitches. I looked over at Sparky. I said, this is going to be over. <laughs> But sure enough, it was because he had nothing. Bench I mean, it was guys, the kind of year. Had back doors, nothing he had, had
2: nothing. So I, I love that. Um, you know, sometimes you you forget just how lucky we are to have yes. trafficked in this business and worked in this business. You get that experience with Reggie Jackson. How great is that?
1: To tell, to learn, to have stories to uh-huh. tell, or other people telling stories.
2: Absolutely. And when you're young, you don't realize how to approach these people and talk to these people. Um, did I ever tell you about when I was at Fenway as I was a I was thinking of junior in college and I got a press pass. Ooh. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> baby. You kidding me? Be on no. the field for a pregame and batting practice. And the Red Sox were playing the Tigers. And there, standing around the batting cage and taking BP, watching each other hit bombs, was Mickey Tettleton, Rob Deere, um, uh, Nick Asaski, Tom Bernanski, Jack Clark. These were the guys. Jack Clark for the Red Sox time. I'm watching these guys hit bombs and just talk to each other and spit tobacco. I'm a junior in college. Were you drooling, by the way? I was. at all of this. Oh, man. Did you need a drool cup to catch? I, I was I was doing my own version of the Chris Farley show. So I walk up. <laughs> oh, I, I walk up. Remember
1: that time the sort of pitch to you,
2: Jack? You know, Jack Clark. Hey, Jack, uh, you got a minute to talk? Uh, you know, I'm trying to get some sound to Jack Clark to do him a little college newscast. Uh-huh. And Jack's like, yeah. Yeah, what's up? So it's Jack Clark, big, tough Jack Clark, on the tail end of the career at this point. Uh-huh. So, uh, so it was pretty cool, uh, you guys just kind of hanging around each other and watching the home runs and oh, talking. No. It's pretty cool. Huh? Really? Yeah, that's what I said. And Jack said, are we doing this effing interview or What? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Uh-huh. I said, that? "Oh yeah, yeah, uh, sure we are." So uh, the team, uh, let's, uh, talk the team. <laughs> let's talk about the team. Let's talk about the team. But it. Clark, uh, so are we really doing this so do far? He didn't say effing. You know, he said, "Are uh-huh. we doing this effing interview or what?" Yeah, I learned. Uh, don't talk atmosphere with people. They don't really care. Ask You're, him a question. Ask him a question. Get out of the way. Yeah.
1: Short, neutral, and open-ended is the best way to ask a question so and this your is, subject will go from
2: there. So this is pretty fun. huh, you guys Wow.
1: Jack Clark. Um all right. So that would be something that would be on a new channel, maybe a Cubs channel. Um, I don't know if I ran this by you. I know the Cubs are going to have a new channel and all of this seems is all of this is intertwined. Mm. So ahead of this, I want to say that if I were running marquee, the new Cubs channel, mm. um, the voice of my station would be Lynn Bramer. And I would, I would assign him to be my voice, to be the soundtrack of my station, my channel. And I would have him do essays like we actually, like we heard him do on WGN on Channel Nine back when there was a Channel Nine, mm. and we we played several of them on this stage on this show, and I just think that would be so. That's home, and you have to if you're the Cubs, and Mark Key probably doesn't understand it. There is a very proprietary neighborhood homogeneity. A homogenous feeling about what that network seems to be and outsiders won't cut it. I think Sinclair is an outsider and I think they're going to get it wrong. Mm. Bruce had mentioned the other day, Lynn Casper and Jim Deshays are still unsigned. And I don't know, maybe they're signed, but this is a Cubs convention kind of moment. This is what you do. I have some breaking news for you. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. You're asking fans to pay more. They're gonna, some way or another they're going to pay more. You're not. you haven't guaranteed you haven't done anything to announce what kind of familiarity you're going to provide them with. And you're talking about trading Chris Bryant, or at least that's out there and has not been flatly denied. How do you do? And you can't make a deal anyways for any of them until Bryant's status gets settled. because you can't leave yourself. You have to act like you're competing. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how you can start a new network and get rid of any of the core. I can see how you start a network and you extend Chris Bryant. I see that's the money I would do. You can't cry poor if you're the Cubs. Oh, now when you, you, Brian, are,
2: you are asking for church and state to be intertwined. You are, you are asking directly for marketing and roster construction and team building to be intertwined and they should not be
1: i am asking directly championship for a building. team to live up to its its um, the the fact that tom Ricketts doesn't believe in windows mm. there should be a championship played for every year huh that means you're not going to win a championship losing the chris bryant trade well
2: what's what was that comment about what was that comment about? About you're in your championship window. Pick a, pick a year and tell me what what that comment was about. Which season? Like, to pick a season. When he said, no, we're not talking about a window. We're talking about every year. What, what year is he talking about? Every year. 2023, 2024, 2025. He's talking about those years. He's talking about not being real good and going for it for two more years and then falling off the table completely and being in the pits of the Philadelphia Phillies despair that we they were in. don't necessarily have to. Uh, I think, I think that the mandate and the idea is to extend the window. And I think...
1: He if, doesn't believe in windows. Well, you're going to extend something he doesn't believe in.
2: Well, no, no, no. It is, is, is to extend uh, the competitiveness instead of just having a window and then falling off the table. He's talk- he, he, he wants them to figure out a way. The mandate is for them to figure out a way to make things longer and more consistent and have sustained excellence and not just more, a window. Give
1: them more money. Do you think it's at all insulting that you're going to be asked to pay more for the channel? You have saw them buy up all of Wrigleyville, turn it into Rickettsville, and now they got to move money, So and they can't even – Sign Eric Sogard to a contract. I think it's
2: really bad timing. I think it's really unfortunate. Timing. So where's the money? Isn't
1: it insulting? Why should a comp fan think they anything good's going to come of this? I mean, Why would you buy that channel?
2: Well, no, because because you want to watch the team. I, but it, it's the uh, it, it, it's going to go down this year. But if it goes back up next year, if they if, if they, what goes back up next year, the, the payroll. Oh. If they if they go stay under the tax. For this year because they don't want to be in the second year of repeater tax
1: i don't care i don't care if they are or not they okay. seem to have an endless amount of money
2: well i don't know if that's true but they they certainly care they the the, the repeater tax and that whole thing it is a de facto cap for just about every organization no in Major League Baseball. No question. And it is complicated and multifaceted in ways that we don't even get. Bleacher Nation, you see what Brett wrote? He, yeah. he totally tried to dive into it and figure out everything with it. And I, I commend his efforts. Um, and it's was, worth reading.
1: That was the the the, the big short of... of- of salary tax, really of luxury tax. What he did, he tried to make it as user friendly as possible. And once tried. you got to draft picks, I understood now why you don't want to go near that. But even
2: before that, the money, which you know, the the, the lazy way to look at it, and I'm not defending. I'm just saying what it is. The lazy way to okay. look at it is seven point five million, because that's how much it cost last year. And the other way to look at it is the multifaceted way that Brett looked at it, where you realize that if you do it in year two, you're probably looking at 50 to 60 million. It becomes it is,
1: exponential as opposed to additional. Absolutely. Yeah. 50
2: to 60 million. And then, oh, by the way, if you screw yourself and it's year three, then you're like over 100 mm-hmm. and, and you're losing draft picks and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's a reason that nobody wants to dive into that for two years in a row.
1: I don't care about the Ricketts money. They seem to have an endless supply of it. Draft picks I care about. I don't care about the Ricketts money. If I were a Cub fan, I'd be, I'd be angry. I'm being told now, you got to pay for a new channel. We're going to get rid of one of your most popular players. And I remember last time we did a show, I, I was in error. We'll break in a minute. Um, I, I was in error. I was calling Bryant while you're uh, trading one of the five best players in the league. And then you rightly pointed out, this was his war last year. He was barely in the top 20. Mm-hmm. And I remember what I had looked up was over a four-year span. So MVP year, team sure. last year, and including injuries. And more is a it war adds up so you miss games you're you're missing chances to add to it and he was still a top 5 guy that's what i was looking at in 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 over a four year span and when whatever the dips were i still think look me i i can be selfish about it and i want I'll spend your money yeah, i don't right. care you have an endless amount of money and this is your young core and these guys. now you got your manager you think is right mm-hmm I don't want you trading any of those guys. Okay. I
2: got you. I think a lot of a lot of fans are right there with you. A lot of fans are right there with you. Mm. I think in terms of Bryant, what they're looking at from a you know from from Theo's perspective is we're not going to be able to pay Contreras, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. Um, we're not going to be able to Schwarber. We're not going to be able to pay all of them. I'm not going to be able to sign all of them, and Schumer's Bryant is
1: different from the rest of them in my world. Okay,
2: well, Bryant is the one who is going to be the least signable for them, and the one who's going to make the most over what I think they believe his value to be. Okay,
1: that it, it might be the case. I just, I just wait. Why am I? I'm less interested in buying and paying for that channel mm-hmm. because they seem less interested in keeping together the players. I think can win a World Series. That's the bottom line. That.
2: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you you got quarterback thoughts. Many people are talking about a snub of the highest order, and I think the snub is justified, completely it's justified. it's not a snub. I agree. It is, right. it is a buns. It's a buns. Backwardsing it. All right. It's a non-snub. It's, a buns. it's an unsnub. Well, we'll get to
1: Spiegels buns in just a moment. <laughs> Rose and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.
3: Minimum of four lines for
2: $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And why is that? Because it's beautiful, simple, elegant. It
1: comes from early in the Eagles' career, peacefully. Does right? Yeah.
2: And my wife has um, sparkly earrings that lay against her skin, so brown.
1: All right. Well, this... that connects the dots. I was asking Speeds. Tributosaurus becomes the Eagles for the next true. three nights.
2: Starting tomorrow, yep.
1: Um, and Martyrs and Wire, and, and that's how they ring in the new year. Eagles, very popular on this show. And I asked, what was your favorite song to perform? And he said, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay.
1: I mean they did some harder stuff. They so you have somebody to do the whole Joe Walsh guitar thing, shred it the way three I mean, three
2: people. Three people? Yeah, really? You can't you can't do the Eagles with less than three electric guitarists. You can't. Okay. It cannot I, be done.
1: I, I just wasn't sure how that gets you know, to the tribunosaurus, the way you Manufacture it. I know there's the hunt for. Well, we need the right sitar. Uh-huh. We, need, we need the right bell. We yes. have to do all of that. The right stuff. tool
2: for the right job. We exactly. Are the, we are the Civil War recreationists of rock and roll.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Musical archaeology. I uh-huh. love that. Yes. That's outstanding. Anthropology,
2: although archaeology yes. also important. All right. So but yeah, we got to we have a guy do the talk box. Do the talk box for. Uh, for those shoes and sure we'll reference rocky mountain way because how do you not when all of a sudden you got a talk box on the stage this segment is brought to you by subway steve subway restaurants feature a different six inch sub for 379 every day subway make it what you want at participating restaurants additional charge for extras plus applicable tax no additional discounts of coupons may be applied by the way if you're looking for something to do tomorrow night or the 30th or 31st go to tributasaurus.com a few tickets available for the shows so um and it's
1: it's always terrific first of all it's like Tributosaurus oki, okay, in some ways. You'll know all the words. They don't want you to sing along, but you'll know all the words. <laughs> It'll be a good feeling. I was there when I think you were doing Beatles C through D. And I remember that show <laughs> at Martyrs. You were going to do them in alphabetical order. Oh, no. Chronological. chronological order. Yeah. Every one of them. And even though, including the British ones. And yes. Like, this is great. I know these words. And the German ones. And it doesn't want me to say. Yeah. We did. I want to the hold Cameron- your hand.
2: And ich ich bin eine Hand, I, right? Uh huh. And sie liebt dich, for she loves Excuse you. Excuse me. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh huh.
1: Right. So you, um, all right. We ventured off, but um, coloring outside the lines is fun. Yes. And you're angry. I'm There's not. A snub. People calling about a snub, and you think, ha, no snub for you.
2: So they're doing the all-time NFL team.
1: The NFL Network is. Yeah, NFL for, yes.
2: for the 100th year of the NFL. It's been some
1: great shows. Unbelievable.
2: There's a snippet out there of Tom Brady talking about some stuff that he learned from Peyton Manning and Tom. how it transformed their offense and essentially made Rob Gronkowski a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. It's it is unbelievable.
1: Yes, this is this is um whatever they call that four four-dimension chess when Brady and Peyton Manning. Mm. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It is. It is
2: truly great. So here are your all-time team quarterbacks. They had to name ten. Okay. Only ten. Yeah. Sammy Baugh, okay. Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, Roger Staubach, John Elway, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Tom Brady. Those are your ten. And the guy who's not there is Drew Brees. And Drew Brees has the most yards in NFL history, has the most touchdowns in NFL history. He has the top three games of the highest completion percentage in NFL history.
3: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Top That's... three, yeah. You could also remove Brett, Brett Favre and put Aaron Rodgers on that list. Uh,
2: yeah, but, yeah, but Rodgers isn't done, and I, I'm okay with Rodgers' uh, lack of inclusion. He's his, his so less Peyton egregious Manning's,
1: than Drew Brees. Peyton Manning's on the list and Drew Brees is not.
2: I don't think Drew Brees' lack of inclusion is egregious. I think that everybody screaming about that and using the numbers to make the case are completely and utterly missing the point. Breeze is a brilliant quarterback, there is no doubt, but it's okay to be 11th or 12th or 13th best all time. The numbers are staggering, but he's in an era when the numbers are severely inflated by the rules and the evolution of the game. So numbers enough does not get it done. And I find myself going back to the Hall of Fame instinct and asking myself this was there a moment how many moments were there where you were like drew breeze is either the best or one of the two or three best in the entire league for like a multi-year period Mm -hmm. and he's been really really good but the entire time that brady and manning were here you'd take those guys first
1: they always seem to be there. Yes. Um. One of the things that you could make the case is where are you getting your, what are your criteria and where are you getting your, because some of it of what you're describing is anecdotal. It's your view, what other people are saying. Yes. And you, so that's why when I say, what are your criteria and mm-hmm. you define your terms as they tell you in, in legal, in, in law school and in legal terms. Define your terms so that way if you go, well, completion percentage, we value holding on to the football. Yeah. Then he should be number one. He's the guy you want most.
2: Yeah, but here's, but here's the thing. Because really what it should be, and we could do this numerically and maybe somebody will. Breeze needs to be compared to his peers. If you're like saying Marino compared to his peers numerically, he was stratospherically yeah. ahead of all of them. The, the, what they were doing in Miami was explosive and insane compared to what was going on around him. There was like maybe Dan Fouts and the Chargers, yeah. right? right. Uh, other than that, there wasn't anybody really, really doing what Marino was doing. Compare Breeze's numbers to Philip Rivers' numbers, or Tony Romo's numbers, or Aaron Rodgers' numbers, or Pat Mahomes' y- numbers. numbers, which are better. And and all of a sudden, you're like, oh yeah. Breeze, as compared to his peers, versus Marino and, say, Elway compared to their peers, I guarantee if somebody runs those numbers, you'll realize that Elway and Marino were that much better compared to their peers. They were better than Breeze's compared to his peers.
1: So, again, that gets back to Hall of Fame voting against one's era. Were you the best player of your era, which is a Hall of Fame... Not written that way in the rules, but a a bylaw that, or one of the Ten Commandments that almost every voter goes by in every sport.
2: Right. And so, and I understand why Sling and Sammy Baugh is there, and I understand why Otto Graham is there because you have to represent the entire hundred years. That's what and you're Unitas. trying to do. And Unitas, and those guys all moved the game forward in dramatic ways. Otto Graham won more than Brady if you combine all the different associations and stuff. Staubach, did Staubach move the game forward? The, the, the one I have the question about is Staubach.
1: I don't think he did. He won more. He was Fran Tarkington with, with Super Bowl rings. Because he ran a lot. Uh-huh. He ran an awful right. lot. And was effective, drawing on the run, running around, making people crazy. Mm-hmm. He was part of the first quarterback, the quarterback shuttle. You know how they have like tight ends come in mm-hmm. with the new play that they were calling? Tom Landry did it with Craig Morton and Roger Staubach. He had the quarterbacks going in and out on each play, uh-huh. so it was quite—it was quite the relay system. But the, um, the most, but yeah, I would have prob And mo- most of is-
2: what I've seen, I'm sorry, but most of what I've seen are saying Breeze should be there over Marino. Or over Elway, and I think that's insane. Or just people lazily saying Breeze should be there over ball and Otto Graham and, because they're old guys. No, it's 100 years, yes. and they're talking about the entire 100-year history and of they, the thing. what they meant back then. Absolutely, yes. and how much better they were than their peers. Right, and you look
1: at Johnny Unitas. What he did, Johnny Unitas pretty much invented the two-minute drill. Right. That's, that's what the story, that's the part of the legend. Okay, so you deserve... We're we're gonna now. Yeah. everybody waits for it. So yeah, Johnny, United to be there. The one of the things about Marino is, and it depends what kind of voter hall of fame, hall of fame voter you are. Is this an individual thing? You're trying to make it more like baseball. It's always did he win? Mm. That's one of the things I look at. Did he win? I
2: don't think that... And Marino... It, I have a hard time with that argument in football. I know. Because there's it's, it's so a oh, there complimentary game. There's so much that has to go wrong. For instance, Terry Bradshaw won four times. He's got no business being on this list. I don't think he has any business. being. I don't think Aikman, who won three times, would have business being on this list. Second. You know? And so it's like, it's, to me, it's uh, Breeze, um, Marino, and Elway, and probably Staubach. We're better than their contemporaries to a higher degree than Drew Brees has been. And and that's not to dismiss Drew Brees. It's just to acknowledge the era and the numbers that we live yeah, in.
1: Like you said, if you're the 11th or 12th best in NFL history. Pretty good. still nice. You could, you're probably still sitting in the front row. So Yes. You know who else isn't on that leith- list? Ryan Leaf.
2: No, he sure isn't.
1: And he knows it. So he tweeted this out. God bless Ryan Leaf and and these kind. I was just informed that I was not selected to the the NFL all-time 100. Mm. I stand with my other snubs out there and our disappointment in this process. (laughs) I've set up a support group to help. Tag a couple fellow NFL legend snubs and we'll rise up together. And he tagged (laughs) Jeff Schwartz. And Terrell Owens.
2: <laughs> Terrell Owens, that's poking the bear right there.
1: Ryan Leaf, God bless you for having a
3: sense of humor. Uh, so he can—he is the self-proclaimed snub. I love Real, real quick, guys. I want to. I want to get your opinion on this. Terrell Adam Stadzinski
1: butting into where he doesn't belong.
3: Oh, excuse me. No, sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. I think you know, like, yeah, the reason Rogers and whoever else in the quarterbacks list is, you know, whatever. I think the most egregious exception from this list is Terrell Owens. Like, to, how do you name? Like by, by any metric, Terrell Owens is one of the top five best receivers in the in the history of the NFL. How is he not on the list? I have not
2: broken down the 10 wide receivers who are there, but I will stand up and tell you Don Hudson deserves to be there, my friend. So, I yeah, will. there
3: was there were several guys on there that I was like, okay, yeah, Hudson, I get, and, you know, obviously the guys Jerry Rice and Randy Moss.
2: Was Lance Allworth there?
3: Probably. Uh, I think
2: Bambi I was think
1: there. Was.
3: And I think Bambi was there. And I, I also but it was, I would was, hope Raymond Barry is there. There. Was, there was like the six, seven guys I was like, okay, but there was at least three guys I was like, yeah, Terry Owens needs to be here.
2: Well, you know, it, it's it, the wide receivers have it tough as well because of the explosion of the numbers. Why Chris Carter didn't get into the Hall of Fame the first year. And. And, and, and all all of those. And um, I don't know who the
1: voters were. You always have to look at what the, what the bias might be.
3: The NFL might be taking it personal that mm-hmm. Terrell
1: Owens didn't show up for the Hall of Fame thing. He yeah, well, because Fame he thing. took
3: it personal that they didn't vote him in earlier when he absolutely should have been in earlier. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that both sides couldn't act like, like weren't acting like children, but in
1: this case, that might be what, part of the fallout.
0: That's I'm saying it. that's I'm a sure legitimate. It is. I
1: don't know who the voters were or what they were, but I remember these NFL, the studio stories studio things are setting up. Bill, yeah, the Bill things. Belichick showing life and and an actual human and not a droid. The fact that they the the Lawrence Taylor show. Did you see the Lawrence Taylor show? He no. Was, he was he used to be Lawrence Taylor's defensive coordinator. Absolutely right. And believes Lawrence Taylor's the greatest defensive player ever because he changed the game so much. And b- before one of the for a game on a Saturday night when they hold the meetings, Bill Belichick. Holds a defensive meeting, and he starts it, and Lawrence isn't there. So then Lawrence shows up late, and Bill Belichick goes to tell Parcells, Bill, I got to tell you, you know, Lawrence, LT wasn't here on time for the meeting. And Parcells looks at Belichick and says, Why'd you start the meeting without him?
2: (laughs) The one guy. Yes. The one guy you might do that for. That's it.
1: Belichick's telling that story on himself and laughing. That's awesome. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Julie and Maggie uh, will be joining us for transition. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
2: Hey, listen. The bottom of the hour was delightful. I was here for it. And it was brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Chicago Wolves host the Admirals at 3 p.m. tomorrow in the final home game of 2019. It's a Little Debbie Sunday, which means the first 1,000 kids receive a Dave and Buster's gameplay card at the door. And this segment is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts. Napa Auto Parts is having a huge blowout sale yesterday and today only. Save 25% store wide. There's 25% off store wide yesterday, Friday, and today, Saturday at Napa. At participating locations, while supplies last, some exclusions apply. Go to napabigsale.com for more details.
1: That's Matt Spiegel. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Joining us now, Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks. They will follow us and they'll be on forever.
5: We are on for Ever. like 18 hours tonight. We'll still be here tomorrow at this it's time. A,
1: it's DeCaro a Hendricks-a-thon. Exactly. Mm. So it's we'll what be on two...
5: Yeah, this is what I said. You guys are doing a three-hour show. We're doing a five-hour show. We should have each done four-hour uh, shows excuse me.
2: in we medium. I think two, had, hours. two well,
1: hours with
5: Bruce, you know Bruce. is exponential. Better, you can stick around.
2: You know what? Two hours with Bruce counts as four hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I'm up to seven, I believe, if, right. my, if my math is correct.
1: He's got an overtime. The three hours right. with Rosie counts as six. Oh. <laughs> it's a long day, man.
2: That's an imprisonment.
1: Uh, so you guys have been on WTTW. All of you have been on, right? Yeah. yeah. And w, WTTW WCCW is doing a preview. I
2: thought you said I thought you said TWTW TW for a second. No, okay. The it's, I call doing it my a beloved pre- WTTW. preview
1: WTTW. for next year. And this is a tweet from Carrie Johnson, who covers the Justice Department for NPR. Yeah. And this preview show on WTTW asks, "What's the first public corru- corruption indictment to drop in 2020 in Chicago?" Oh, mm-hmm. in wow. Chicago, that, it's, yeah. That's Ooh. the first, that's the first one. So, when you get such a gimme and I thought I was cynical and skeptical and I just thought that's a wonderful <laughs> way to start. There yeah. you are. Welcome to this city.
5: Yeah. Do we I, mean an actual indictment or just a scandal?
1: I this says indictment. Is pumpkin.
5: Ed Burke already indicted? That's what was my question. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not you know sure if he's been still. indicted. I don't yet. think he's, he's been indicted. Said. I don't think he's indicted. So
2: I'll go with Ed Burke. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm a three time winner in my fantasy indictment league. <laughs> <laughs> so you well, discussed this. We De- started talking about this. The Deadpool, which
1: became a movie, oh, boy. was yeah. But but you, this is the time of year when you round up the usual suspects and you start making your Deadpool list. Yeah, that was started <sighs> by a, fr- a a guy I worked with at LA Kings games. He was a statistician. And he came up with the idea for the Deadpool. And guys would get together in the, in the Forum Press Club in January and have their Deadpool draft.
2: You know, Thursday is the 28th anniversary of the score. And in the old days of the score, when I was a producer for McNeil and Boar's, they used to do a Deadpool, which is, of course, incredibly uh, classy and thoughtful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we score-like. would never get away with I'll them. tell I'll you, know, very we, always a fami- we always had a family one. I'll tell you when it
4: ended. Like an unofficial yeah, really? one, yeah.
2: Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you which pick essentially ended the Deadpool. A pagoda? Yes. No, uh. no. the pick um, at the time, because um, a caller made the pick, and we all looked down at ourselves. <laughs> There's Yeah, Gunnar Esiason was the pick oh, at the time. Oh, God. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That'll yeah. like, do end it. And scene. and, right. and. Well. Star so, wipe and out. Did they have a text line back then? They didn't have a text Star line, There was line. See, no text line. See, that's
5: what I mean, because we would immediately get, uh,
4: you're the worst people in the world. Uh, or, yeah. or we would also, like, people would pick us. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: So, so No. Yeah, no. It was when somebody picked a child with cystic fibrosis, it was like, okay, let's all stop doing this. <laughs> right, let's move Shall it? we? Moving right along. Who you, crap? So we were
1: discussing <laughs> this earlier in the Bears' second exhibition game of uh, yes. December where Matt Nagy is reluctantly apparently letting his starters play in this exhibition game. Is there anything they could, what could happen yesterday that you, or tomorrow, that you could think is positive, hopeful, that you would actually put any, that it would have gravitas, anything serious? Nothing. If they all
4: all decide, if both teams decide to get together, get in a circle and protest uh, climate change.
1: That would be
5: great.
4: That's about it.
1: That'd be good. Or it's, protesting that's Harvard Colin Yale, right? yeah. where exclusion we are? from
5: the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's. that's pretty, I mean, look, the Vikings are not going to play all their starters. I mean, they've got nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. So what? Even if they do, it's like beating. It's like when everyone got all fired up because the Bears beat the Lions. People were parading around. Yeah, Mitch led us down the field for a ninety-yard drive against the Lions. Right. It's the that's, same thing.
1: And, it, and and and
5: I live with a Vikings fan. But
1: <laughs> I think I think the best part of this is we'll see this play out. Is there will be something good against a, a a bunch of Vikings mannequins and and the scrubs and they'll when you hear the Bears crow about this, you will confirm how delusional they are. And
5: it's absolutely going to happen.
2: It's sure. absolutely going to happen. But and if With it really doesn't, is that worse? What if, he, you know, what if he the,
1: sucks against the, the here's Vikings?
2: Here is the thing: if you could separate for a moment the well earned cynicism that <laughs> um, that the brain trust receives, yes. Extremely well-earned. And just go back to the human factor of these guys who are playing the football game. Um, It is better for them and therefore better for the team and better for us and the whole town if they have a little success and they feel good about themselves. I just I'm just on a normal. Good.
4: I think they feel fine about themselves.
5: I do not. Hey.
2: I do not. After getting completely pantsed and embarrassed on a Sunday night on national TV Look, by the Chiefs at home, I, don't, I do I don't not think, think it's going to make.
4: I don't think one win against the Chiefs or against the Vikings will make that make everything be okay and feel better. I, 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 think I, they I agree need, with that. I think they need to all get away from football for a while, go sit on an island, and you know, <laughs> and and just like go somewhere Waste
2: away
1: in margarita.
2: You know? I know, but but if you have a good last segment of a of a mediocre radio show. Show. don't you feel better as you wait for the next one no. okay no
4: that's fair that's fair we, if i'm walking if we're walking away yeah. and we had a really good last segment where we don't talk about sports at all i feel like that you know
5: no because we've got the text line to keep us honest and tell us how bad the show was this, oh, so yeah. yes. the bears
4: don't take the same kind of direct criticism i don't feel like this team
5: i i feel like the players as well as the front office and the coaches have been delusional i mean The comments about, you know, fans shouldn't boo us and guys going online and picking fights with, you know, media members and then winning the media's good guy award inexplicably, which I didn't really understand. Guys taking pictures of reporters and making fun of them because they reported an injury. I mean, this team, I think, feels fine about itself. I I don't know that they are necessarily suffering from a lack of self-esteem.
2: Thoughts? Coming out of mouths. I said what yep. I said on the score. I
5: was listening to you guys coming in, and I had my phone up, and I was like making notes into my phone orally I while too. I was <laughs> talking, because I was like, I had so much to say on what you guys were talking about. What was
2: it? What were you talking it was, about? I mean, you
5: guys were talking about what Nagy, um, what his thought process was going from Mahomes to Mitch. Yeah, I thought I thought
2: that was that was interesting to yeah, think about. Yeah, because Nagy clearly was educating the quarterback he wished he had, right, and coaching exactly and, right. and coaching the offense he wished he had the talent right? for.
5: And then Steve talking about all. All the stuff that you know that Ryan Pace has never been with an organization that's drafted and developed a quarterback. That was yeah.
2: great stuff from him, and we can add to that. Which I added to him in the break after. Remember that when Pace got here. And he said, yeah, I, be- I kind of believe in the philosophy of a draft quarterback every year. And then he didn't draft one in 2015. And then 2016, he also didn't draft one. They had three fourth-round picks and took Quitkowski, Dion Bush, and DeAndre Hall. And then the Cowboys took Dak Prescott. So add that. Add that. He had nine picks in seven rounds in 2016 in Jay Cutler's final year. And didn't bother to take a potential quarterback of the future.
4: So now the quarterbacks that we know he has passed on, we have Dak Pres- Prescott, we have Patrick Mahomes, and we have Deshaun Watson. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Okay. okay, I just want to make sure I have that list clear in my head. Sure. So I can yell it a lot.
1: <laughs> and the, the idea that you draft a quarterback every year, and Bill Belichick's first draft, they, they spent that sixth round pick. On Tom Brady, who
2: who's but that they guy? Would
1: continue to draft.
2: Yes, they did. They drafted Ryan Mallett. Got something for him. It's like
1: eight. I think eleven in his eighteen years, they've taken a quarterback. Drafted Matt I Castle.
2: Got something for him. Four
1: in four in the six. Four in the first six years. They even drafted Cliff Kingsbury. Sure. <laughs>
3: what?
1: Yeah, no, but you know I, well, Ryan Mallett. Well, but they drafted like somebody.
2: Jacoby for- Brissett. Yes. Oh, yeah, I know.
5: Think Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo will have to be in there somewhere. Yeah, course,
2: Garoppolo. Garoppolo, Garoppolo is, is the best example. Uh, Garoppolo and Brissett have higher
1: passer ratings than Mitch. So the Patriots are trading away guys uh-huh. who are better
2: than the one the Bears about, traded uh, up for. Ron it. Wolf. Well, they, they, Happy had far, New Year. they had Favre. They had Favre, and they drafted Matt Hasselbeck, traded him, drafted Aaron Brooks, traded him, drafted Mark Brunel, traded him. Sure.
1: Ryan Pace can't, has no idea. Mm. All right. Bear well, down. We uh, <laughs> thank David Schuster, Mark Grody, Pat, Patrick Finley for joining us today. Zach Withers and Adam Stadzinski produced this epic. Matt Spiegel and I voiced it to take up time just as a warm up show for Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks on the score.
3: It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh,
2: yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.